This is Trinity Western University's Chapel Podcast, where our daily chapel gatherings are captured and shared for the TWU community. Whatever your day looks like today, we're glad you're tuning in. Here for the next two days, we have a guest who's going to be sharing with us in chapel. Her name is Natalie Brown. You can give it up for her. <laughs> Natalie is someone who is near and dear to my wife and I. Uh, we got to know her at Hope College. She's a 2017 graduate, so not too far along from you guys in age. Um, her parents are from Barbados and Jamaica. But she, there you go. There you go. But she has... Um, been raised in the, the suburbs of Chicago in Aurora, and she's going to share with us today. And then at noon today, um, she's going to sign copies of her book uh, over in the bookstore. So you can go over to the bookstore, purchase a copy. She'll be right outside the bookstore, and you can have her sign it. So would you welcome Natalie Brown? Good morning, everyone. Thank you for the warm welcome. Uh, I'm really excited to be here today. I've actually been following your Instagram page for a while, so I feel a little bit connected to some of you. And I'm really excited because in this space at your campus, there are some very special people to me, as James just mentioned. Um, but one of those people is your president, Dr. Mark Husbands. I don't know if he's in this room today, but Dr. Husbands was actually one of my college professors, and he was the creator and director of a program I did while there called the Emmaus Scholars Program. And there's not enough time to get into it today, but that program truly transformed my life. It drew me to see God, it drew me to see God in new ways, and it invited me to see that I was called to participate in the church in a different way. Also, James and Renata Ellis, they are seriously so amazing. I know you guys have busy schedules, but I encourage you, take some time to get to know them because they too have transformed my life. They have encouraged me, they have inspired me, they have challenged me, and it is because of their wisdom that I feel confident to do some of the things that I am walking in today. So today I want to talk about our unfinished stories. I think that there's something really sacred about this time period when you're in college. You get, at, you get asked a lot of questions like, who are you and what do you want to do with your life? I feel like the moment you enter campus, people want to know, what are you studying? What do you want to do with what, you, what you're going to study? Where are you going to go after this? What job are you going to have? And those questions don't end after you finish college. In fact, they only get larger. People start wondering, when are you going to get married? Who are you going to get married to? When are you going to have kids? What job are you going to do next? And it goes on and on and on. And I've realized that people want to know answers to the unfinished stories in our lives. And I think we too want to know answers to those unfinished stories because the truth is we all have been and we all are currently in some form of an unfinished story. That might be what am I going to do after college? That might be what am I going to do in college? That might simply be what is Jesus going to do with my story? These moments of facing our unfinished stories, they can be scary, but I believe they can also be full of hope. And so to talk about facing our unfinished stories, I want to view what I deem as one of the most intense unfinished stories within biblical history. And it's found through the life of Peter, the disciple. So I've been told that you guys are going through the book of Mark, so we're gonna stay there this morning, and we're gonna read from Mark chapter 14, verses 66 through 72. Our text states, while Peter was below in the courtyard, one of the servant girls of the high priest came, came by. 
When she saw Peter warming himself, she looked closely at him. You also were with that Nazarene Jesus, she said, but he denied it. I don't know or understand what you're talking about, he said, and went out into the entryway. When the servant girl saw him there, she said again to those standing around, this fellow is one of them. Again, he denied it. After a little while, those standing near said to Peter, surely you are one of them, for you are a Galilean. He began to call down curses on himself, and he swore to them, I don't know this man that you're talking about. Immediately, the rooster crowed the second time. Then Peter remembered the word Jesus had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows twice, you will disown me three times. And he broke down and wept. I don't know about you, but after reading a passage that intense, I just want to pray. So will you pray with me? Lord, I thank you so much for your people here at Trinity Western University. I thank you for the opportunity to speak to them, to share your words with them. So Lord, I pray that that is what you will do. I pray that you will speak to and through me directly into the hearts of your people. May your voice be the loudest one in this room. We give you thanks and praise in advance. Amen. There is something about knowing the end of a story, isn't there? There's something about knowing what comes next that kind of removes us from the tension of suspense. I feel that as I read this story. Instead of sitting in Peter's bitterness, weeping and in despair, my mind immediately jumps to a few chapters later where him and Jesus have this beautiful moment of forgiveness and freedom and redemption. And it's good and there's hope there and it's something we can cling to. But I think we also need to acknowledge the fact that at one point in time, this was Peter's unfinished story. Peter had to sit within the tension of the unknown and ask, what comes next? But I think this story goes a little bit deeper than that. I don't think Peter was just wondering what comes next. I think he was also asking, who am I and what have I become? See, if you're familiar with this story, you know that just a few hours before, Peter was with Jesus and some of the other disciples, and Jesus was kind of telling them what was going to happen in the next few hours as he was about to enter into the crucifixion process. And at one point, Peter looks at Jesus and he tells him, Lord, even if I have to die with you, I will never deny you. And Jesus responds to Peter, truly I tell you, before the rooster crows twice, tonight you will deny me three times. And as we see in this text, Jesus' prediction becomes Peter's reality. And can we imagine how intense that had to be? For Peter to face the reality that what Jesus said came true, he failed him. He not only failed God, he failed himself. And can we acknowledge that sometimes our unfinished stories go there? We end up in places we never thought we'd be, doing things we told ourselves we'd never do. Sometimes facing our unfinished story means we face the guilt and shame that comes with the stories we were living to get to that point. And so like I said, I don't think Peter was just wondering what comes next for me in this story. I think he was wondering questions about his identity. Who, I, who am I? And who would God think that I am? And sometimes our unfinished stories do the same. We have to ask ourselves, who am I and who is God calling me to be? Who am I and who do I believe God to be? So where do we go from here? Where did Peter go from here? I think he has a lot that he can teach us in this story. And I don't want us to miss this critical moment in history because there's a shift that occurs. See, as I was reading this story and kind of going over the text, I began to ask some questions. And a particular group of words began to stand out to me towards the end. See, in verse 72, we're told, 
that the rooster crowed the second time, and then Peter remembered. The rooster crowed a second time, and Peter remembered. He began to remember the words that Jesus spoke to him when Jesus predicted, you will deny me three times. And I'm sure there was a level of guilt and a level of shame as we see. But I've begun to wonder if maybe Peter also began to remember some other things. That as he sat within this story, remembering this moment he had had with Jesus just a few hours before, maybe he also began to call to mind some of the other experiences he had had with Jesus. See, one of the things that I love about Peter is that he has always been a bit audacious. He's always been a bit bold. He's always testing his limits. And sometimes it leads to some embarrassing encounters, like being rebuked in front of the other disciples. But each and every time, he walks away with a deeper encounter with the Lord. And so Peter has some experiences with God, like walking on water, like being with Jesus when he did some of his greatest miracles. And there's also a moment that I want to recall with you today where Peter and Jesus kind of have this identity exchange. See, in the book of Matthew, there's this moment where Jesus asks his disciples, who do you say that I am? And the disciples, they have a lot of answers. They say, well, some people say that you're a prophet. Some people say that you're Elijah. But Jesus goes, no, 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 who do you say that I am? And Peter gets excited. I almost like to think that he was in the back raising his hand like, pick me, Lord, pick me. And he says to Jesus, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus is blessed by this, and he flips the script and he tells him, Peter, this type of truth was not just revealed to you by your own understanding. It came from my father, and it is upon this truth that my church will be built. See, in this moment, Peter had this beautiful interaction with Jesus where Jesus began to proclaim identity over him. You are going to be involved in the process of me building the church, of me spreading the good news of what I am doing. And so I wonder... After the rooster crowed and Peter recalled Jesus' words just a few hours before, did he also go through a process of recalling some of Jesus' other words? Did he remember the God that he knew when he was questioning who he was and who Jesus was? What did Peter remember? And today I want to ask you that too. What are you remembering? As you face your unfinished stories, whose voice are you listening to? I love this concept of unfinished stories and facing them ourselves because I like to think of myself as a storyteller. That's what I believe God has put me on earth to do, to tell stories of who he is and how he reveals his self to us through everyday circumstances. And so if I could, I'd like to get just a little bit personal with you and tell you some of my own unfinished story. As James mentioned, just a few years ago, I was in the same position as many of you. I was a student in school trying to figure out what I was gonna do with my life. And though I had my major and, you know, I was doing all types of things, I wasn't really sure what God wanted to do with my story. And it began to worry me. I went through a period of feeling very purposeless. And I was wondering, God, who do you say that I am? And what are you calling me into? And instead of these questions kind of giving me hope for the future, they actually filled me with a lot of doubt, a lot of discouragement. And I had this moment where I called my mom and I was just really broken down and I said, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what God is calling me to do. I kind of started relaying some of those questions that I was having about identity and purpose. And my mom challenged me and she said, you need to get back into the word of God. You need to remind yourself of what God has said and what he is saying now. And so I did. 
desperate to hear the voice of God, I took a period of 21 days and I said, okay, Lord, I'm going to give you an hour each day to just fast and pray and lean into what you're doing. And he began to speak. I tell people that I didn't have a burning bush moment. God didn't appear out of the sky and say, Natalie, this is what I'm calling you to. But he began to speak to me in my spirit through his word, reminding me of texts like Esther 4.14, saying, you too have been called for such a time as this. Or 1 Peter 2.9, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. God began to show me that these weren't just words from the past, they were promises to enter into my current reality. And so I realized that these were the truths that I needed to remember as I faced my unfinished story. God had already given me a host of promises with which I could remember. And so I did. And the best way I know how to do that is through writing. So I began writing down some of God's promises to me. And I began paying attention to how those promises were showing up in my everyday story. And I started something that I call Thursday Thoughts, which was a weekly email chain where I would just take the stories that I was experiencing with God and I'd write them out and then send them to those in my community. And in the process of remembering what God said and writing it down and sharing it, he began to transform my perspective, calling me to see that there was a greater story at play than the one I was paying attention to. See, God began to renew my vision, to not just see my story through the lens of how I felt about what God was doing, but to pay attention to what God was actually doing. And I think the same was true for Peter. As he faced his unfinished story, I believe the only way he could keep going was to pay attention to what God was doing, even when it didn't make sense, even when it didn't line up with his plan. See, that's the thing about Jesus. He never leaves us alone. Even when we feel we can't hear his voice, and Peter couldn't hear his voice for a period of days as Jesus had been put to death, but even still, he had the promises that Jesus had already given him, promises that Peter's story was not finished yet. See, because we have the word of God today, we know that verse 72 of this text, Peter broken down and weeping bitterly, is not the end of his story. In fact, it was really just the beginning. And I want to say the same is true for each and every one of you. Your story is not finished yet. It's really just the beginning. See, the beautiful and messy thing about facing our unfinished stories is that they force us to believe in something greater than the realm of our own understanding. To face our unfinished stories with hope, we have to step outside of ourselves and ask God, what are you doing in this very moment? How are you entering into this very moment? See, I cannot talk about Peter's story without also acknowledging the timing of things. See, in the Greek text, they have two ways of understanding time. There's chronos time and kairos time. Chronos time deals with kind of just the natural unfolding of events. It's the idea that chapel begins at 11 and ends at 11.30. It's the notion that every day we enter into a 24-hour time system. It's just kind of the natural unfolding of things. Kairos time, on the other hand, deals with the supernatural. It's the divine entering into our current understanding of things and doing something miraculous. And I believe we can see that through Peter's story. See, we watch Kronos time take place in the hours and moments and seconds that happen between Jesus' prediction of Peter denying him and the reality of that occurring. But I think we also get to witness a, a Kairos moment in this time period. 
As the rooster crows a second time and Peter remembers everything that was said, he enters into the fulfillment of something that Jesus said would take place. It's a divine reality that's ultimately going to lead Peter to his destiny. As I shared, this was not the end of Peter's story. It was only the beginning. And if you keep reading the text, you see that Peter becomes a pillar of the faith. And he's faced with many opportunities, just like the one we read, where people asked him, are you with Jesus? And instead of cowering in shame or fear and anxiety, Peter gets really bold. And he starts telling people, yes, and I am willing to die on that truth. As I look out into this room, I feel, I feel that this is just really a sacred moment. Because I know without knowing each of you, that you are each in the midst of what could be a Kairos moment. See, in the next few minutes, we're gonna get up and we're gonna leave and you're gonna go to your class or to be with friends and I hope you stop by the bookstore and we get to chat a little bit. But we're gonna enter into the chronological understanding of our days, the Kronos moment. But I wanna propose to you today that you are also at a divine opportunity to experience a Kairos moment that God wants to enter into your current reality and do something miraculous, even if you can't quite see it yet. I can't say what your Kairos moment will be for you, but can I tell you what it was for me? I told you that, you know, back when I was in college, I started sending out these emails called Thursday Thoughts, and it became a weekly ritual for me. I, it almost became part of my Kronos, you know, living out. Um, but something happened about a year and a half after I started sending out those emails and I felt God invite me to turn them into a book, to take each email and kind of edit it and transform it into devotional material. And so I did, and it came out at the end of 2018 called 52 Cups of Coffee. And why this is important for me is because God began to do this work even when I couldn't see it. See, when I was in the midst of my despair, when I was in the midst of my questioning, God led me to begin writing. And I thought that I was just writing, but what I didn't realize is that I was actually writing the first chapter of my first book. See, God was doing something far beyond what I could see, and that's just it. In our unfinished stories, we have to believe that God is still moving, God is still speaking, God is still working, even when we can't see it. And so I want to encourage you in this, that in the midst of your unfinished story, no matter what it may look like, no matter how beautiful or difficult it may seem, God is still moving, God is still working, God is still speaking. I think something happens sometimes when we listen to a message or to a sermon or to a motivational talk, and it's that we have this moment maybe where we feel encouraged or inspired or challenged, but then life continues to happen. We leave that space and discouragement comes our way or other things are going on that distract us from the truth. And sometimes it's hard to remember that God is still moving even when we can't see him. So I want to challenge you today to re-remember the words of God. Find a text and cling to it, to see how God is speaking to you, even when you can't see it just yet. As I was getting ready this morning, the song Waymaker kept playing over and over again in my head. And if you guys haven't heard it, there's this part in the song where it says, even when I can't see it, you're moving. Even when I can't see it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. May this be the truth that carries us as we enter into our day. Jesus is still working. You might be facing an unfinished story, but it does have an ending. God is still moving. God is still speaking. As you get ready to leave, I just want to pray over you. 
I want to encourage you that this is not the end of their, your story. As long as there is breath in your lungs, he is still speaking. Will you pray with me? Dear God, I thank you for the amazing group of students and faculty and staff that you have here at Trinity. I thank you that even though we all are in the midst of our own unfinished story, you are still moving, you are still working, you are still speaking. And just like Peter, you have great plans for us, plans to keep us continuing the work that you did. So Lord, I pray God that you will speak to the heart of each of your children today. I pray that you will continue to lead them in your truth and remind them of who they are in you. Please bless them as they go about their day. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks for joining us today. We hope that this message has challenged, encouraged, and inspired you as we continue learning and growing together in discipleship to Jesus. Every week, you'll find new chapel messages on our channel from local and international speakers ranging in diverse and engaging topics. So go ahead and subscribe for the latest of what's going on in chapel. Much love and happy listening.